Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. Season 24. Amazing. 24. Season that's, 24. That's, we're, we're into year, we're going into year 12? Is that possible? I think so. 12 It is possible, yes, because we started show. in 2010. Yeah. Yeah, that is bananas. I can't conceive of time like that uh, anymore. No, so, 12 yes. years, still more to talk about, apparently. It yes, just there keeps is. coming. The hits <laughs> keep coming. Uh, we're, we're excited to be here and to be back. And, um, you know, to regular listeners, I, I just want to say personally, thank you for your patience and your understanding in, uh, in our delay in coming back. We are a couple of weeks late. Um, I uh, lost my dad over. Uh, over Christmas. And uh, that was real, real hard and had to do some travel and had to kind of put pieces back together. And um, I don't know if there is ever a a show that, let's just say in the annals of ADHD podcasting history, I am sure one day we should do a podcast on ADHD and grief. Mm. And that day is not today. No. Uh, at some no. point, we'll figure that out because man, do I have thoughts. I bet. And yeah. I don't think I can do those without going through knee buckling grief right now, but we'll get yeah. there. We'll get there. I think that'll be a conversation that we need to have because mm -hmm. I certainly did not expect to learn lessons about my ADHD this week yeah. um, or over the last couple of weeks. So um, I'm excited to do that. Mostly, I'm just really excited to be back. I missed you. I know I missed you too. We had oh, happy so hour weird. at the beginning of January without Pete. And it was really sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it's, um, yeah, it's, I'm just glad you're back. And, and, uh, you know, I, you know how I feel. My heart goes out to you and your family. Thank and you. Well, uh, we're, we're going to try and have a better time of it uh, yes. today. Now that we're kicking off the season, it's just really excited to be podcasting again and uh, to be talking about good stuff. And today we're going to be talking about our vocabulary, change your language, mm -hmm. change your mind. Um, and you've been inspired, inspired. Oh, and yes. so you're going to do a little bit of teaching for us. Before we do that, <laughs> oh, Nikki Kinzer, mm -hmm. I'm very excited today. I'm very very. In fact, it would be, I, I hasten to say, it would be hard to express how excited I am 
to be able to welcome this week's sponsor to the ADHD podcast. If you're a regular listener of the show, you'll know him and hopefully love him as a source of incredible trust in your productivity system. If you're a first timer, well, I'll never forget the day <laughs> that I first learned about Text Expander. And for all you new kids, that day is today. <laughs> What can you do with more hours every month? Repetitive typing, little mistakes, searching for answers, they all take precious time away from you and your team. With Text Expander, you can take it back so you can focus on what matters most in your business. With Text Expander, you and your team can keep your messages consistent, save time, and be more productive and be accurate every time. The way we work is changing rapidly. Make work happen wherever you are by saying more in less time and with less effort using Text Expander. You will never need to copy and paste repetitive responses again. With Text Expander, your knowledge will always be at your fingertips with a quick search or abbreviation. Here's how it works. First, you drop your commonly used content into a Text Expander snippet and give it an abbreviation, something common like, you know, Comma EM might stand for email, and the snippet might have your email address in it. And then you can share that snippet with your entire team if you're working with multiple people. And then you just type those few characters, comma EM, for example, and you'll trigger that snippet, which expands anywhere you type. It is that easy. So if you are uh, going into a system that requires your email and a password, can you do it there? Absolutely. Because you know how sometimes you have to put your whole email and it's like Nikki, oh, yeah. take control ADHD. I absolutely do. It's long. So you That's can do exactly that. That's exactly a case example where you would put your email address. And okay. if you have multiple email addresses, comma EM1, comma EM2, you could do all kinds of different things. I have hundreds of snippets that expand for just exactly this purpose. It is that easy. Text Expander, it's available on, and this is the best part, on Mac, on Chrome, on Windows, on iPhone and iPad, iOS. It's available everywhere you deal with text. For listeners of the ADHD podcast, you can get 20% off your first year of service. Just visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander and redeem your 20% discount today. The link is in the show notes. They have put together a fantastic blog post uh, that I will also put in the show notes. For those who want to learn more right now, click on the link in the show notes. It's the, the link is called What is Text Expander? And it will take you straight to a blog post where you can learn more from the team about what this wonderful tool does. We're going to be talking more about the fantastic Text Expander in coming weeks and months. Our great thanks to Text Expander and the Smile Software team for sponsoring the ADHD podcast. <laughs> Nikki, um, I have to tell you, it was so exciting to be uh, away, to be able to just throw up everything and leave for two weeks and know that our members were still so uh, active and um, excited to hang out with each other uh, in the ADHD community. Um, mm -hmm. I just love coming back to the conversations and I'm trying to dig through, you know, DMs and, and things like that. And uh, it just really reinforces to me the incredible value of the ADHD community. I'm so excited about it. And you, 
Uh, you know, if you're listening to this and you've been thinking about uh, joining and supporting, we, we encourage you to do that. Head over to patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. You can learn more about what you get as a supporting member. You definitely get early access to the show. You get access to super secret member channels in Discord. Um, you get access to, you know, each other, frankly, in some really rich conversations and 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 help and support when you need it. Uh, and so um, we do have some new members over the last uh, several weeks. We sure appreciate Emily and Catherine and Kirsten and Sepana and Soraya, uh, all new patrons in the last little while since I've been gone. Thank you so much for your support of the ADHD community, the ADHD podcast, and everything that we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Do we have any other news? No, I think we're ready to, to get started. I want to know what we're talking about today. We are talking about a book that caught my eye at the bookstore. And it's called I Get To. And uh, it's how using the right words can radically transform your life. Radically transform. Is that not powerful language? It is powerful. Words like, hey, Pete, here's a million dollars. I can see how those words would radically transform my life. I'm not sure that's what we're talking about. No, but but you you get the point. So yes, how how (laughs) using the right words can radically transform your life, relationships, and business. And it's by Alicia Dunham's. I hope I'm saying that right. What do you think? Uh, Sounds good to me. Okay, good. That you just read what it says. So I'm going to call that a win. Okay, good. All right. (laughs) So like I said, it it caught my attention at the bookstore. And it reminded me of a podcast that we did years ago around the power of language. And I remember talking to us about or talking to you um, about the the instead of I have to I get to and mm-hmm. you know there were some different uh, switches right just some different um, shifts of of how you say things and and that's what this book is about the author is a communications expert and in this book she's teaching us about intentional communication and you know I love the word intentional and how oh yes so she says we communicate through our words tone of voice and non-verbal cues like body language in the foreword of her book she says crafting our daily language with effective words and tone is a true art the book gives you ideas around sentence starters and communication skills to be successful in life now there are 40 different sentence starters to help you shift your mindset we are not going to go over all 40 <laughs> but but wait i have presented a candle for each one which right? i will blow out incrementally as we do this <laughs> now of course if i was to do that i might as well like you know be the audiobook uh person oh. Absolutely. I wish to do that. But no, um, what I want to do is I do want to go over five of them. And when I was going through this book, I was noticing this connection between communication, how we communicate, ADHD, and specifically around limiting beliefs. And then there were some other things that just really blew me away about how one word can really change how you see a situation. So I want to go through these and see what you notice. And uh, let's just talk about, you know, what, what we have yeah. here. Yeah, let's do it. So the first uh, first sentence starter, actually, of the whole book, which makes sense because the title of the book is I get to I get to verse I have to. So a lot of one thing I want to say is a lot of what I have to say today is from the book. 
So what I want us to do is I'm going to be talking to you about the pieces that I thought were interesting. And then Pete Mm -hmm. and I will have a conversation around it. So I don't want to take credit for any of this because this is all coming from the book. Alicia. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So I get to verse I have to. I have to eat healthy. I buy that. I buy that because... Uh, it connects with my own internal uh, vessel of shame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have to pick up my kids. Yeah. I have to. <laughs> yeah. when you don't, it's bad. When you don't, they're not picked up. <laughs> and not right. picked up kids That's are right. less good than picked up kids. Yes, yes. So what she says in the book is when you say have to, it's a mindset of dread or like it's an inconvenience in some way. Yeah. So eating healthy definitely feels kind of dreadful because it just doesn't sound fun. And having to pick up my kids feels like it's an inconvenience when really it's it's not right. We want to pick up our children. Uh, So it's an interesting kind of thought to I have to. What are you thinking? It is interesting. Well, I it is. I want to go back to that feeling of shame because that's what was triggered for me around eating healthy, because those Mm -hmm. sorts of things I I look at picking up the kids. uh, For me, it triggers that a feeling of selfishness. Like I if if I have to pick up my kids, the implication is I have to stop doing what I'm already doing and go inconvenience myself to pick up my kids. And that to me that feels like I'm being super selfish. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. like that. Where I enjoy my kids and right. I enjoy spending time with them, especially now that they're growing up. Like any minute I can get with them, I'm excited about that. And so that's a matter of perspective that I can wrap my head around. The eating healthy one, though, is, um, you know, I, I have lived for many years figuring out, uh, you know, how to eat healthy. And it still feels like an obligation that is less fun than Twinkies. And as long as it's less fun than Twinkies, then have to is the natural order of things. Absolutely. And so that's where the shift is hard. Yeah. Right. Because we have to look for what is the what is the get to for you. And so because the get to is bringing up a mindset that's more around this is a blessing in some way. This is a gift. This is something that I can appreciate, you know? And so if we're looking at like eating healthy, I I have to eat healthy. If we're going to change that, we could say, okay, well, I get to eat healthy today so that I can have more energy or I'm going to, I get to have, or I get to eat healthy today so that I, uh, I'm a good role model towards my kids or whatever it might be. Right. Um, And so, and I think that even like with the pick up my kids, like you said, it may feel like an inconvenience, but boy, we're lucky to be able to pick up our kids because there are some people that aren't able to pick up their kids or their kids have to walk home or their kids, you know, whatever. And so I think it's looking at the, the gift in it and shifting it. But, you know, as she says in the book, it's a really powerful way to view life, relationships and business, because it really does go from this kind of dread to wait a minute, where's the, where's the gift? Well, and I wonder, does she talk at all about um, about how rewards play into into language? Because I'm I'm thinking about eating healthy again, and one of the things that that strikes me is that I, um, you know, when once I eat healthy for a little bit, then I start feeling better and losing weight, and those rewards allow me 
a gateway to changing, to reinforcing the language that I've changed already, right? I get to eat healthy is easier to say once I've lost 30 pounds, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I get to eat healthy because it reinforces my behavior every day. Also, I get to eat healthy might lead to behavior and results that then reinforce Mm -hmm. the language every day. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's, it's important to note like when you see the impact of the cycle of change that you have started. Right. I think that's very important. And it's also starting from from the very beginning. If, even if you haven't felt those that impact yet, we want to be manifesting that. We want to be affirming that that's where we're going. So even if you don't really believe that you that you're at the get to yet, you want to keep saying that because yeah. it's that whole um it's that whole state of mind that if you focus on, and we'll talk about this with the what ifs, if we focus on everything that could be bad or hard about it, then -hmm. it's going to continue to be bad and hard. But if we can kind of already kind of, you know, yeah, I'm going to get to this point sometime. I, I know I'm getting there. You know, you're also being honest saying I'm not, maybe I'm not there yet, but I'm going to get there. But at least you're opening the door to change. Yes. Yes. Because if you keep a half to it, then it's just always going to be negative. It's always going to feel like it's a half to, right? I, uh, there was a a facility when a place where I grew up in Colorado Springs called the Quit Center. And I don't know Mm. if this is a national thing. Have you ever heard of the Quit Center? No. Um, So... I'm trigger trigger warning. Uh, this is disgusting behavioral stories, and I'm going to tell you anyway. Okay. Um, the the quit center is a place that helps you quit behavior that is hard for you. And uh, so for years, my dad was a smoker, and he would go to the quit center to quit smoking. And what they did was they put him in essentially a phone booth, and the phone booth was had a little desk in front of it, and it was closed, and it was just full of piles of spent cigarette butts, like smoked butts and this is a true story. This is a true story. Legit. True story. And they said, all we want you to do, you love smoking. So we just want you to sit in this room and smoke and don't stop smoking. And so they made him smoke for hours and hours at a time in front of this pile of butts. And he would just put his butt on top of the thing. And until he, and I'm not kidding, until he threw up in the trash. That's what the trash can was for, was the vomit bucket. and. Uh, after I think two, maybe three sessions of that, he was done smoking for the rest of his life. What he replaced it with that behavior was uh, Butterfinger bars. And then he gained like 40 pounds. And so he went, guess where? Back to the quit center and they made him eat Butterfingers until he threw up. And then he was done with Butterfingers forever and largely done with candy. So like that, that is the cycle of behavior that strikes me like uh, that, that, it it doesn't take very long for you to say, "Ugh, I have to eat Twinkies," because they're they if if you if you change your behavior and let your language lead your behavior, it you can make it gross. You can make anything you want to that you enjoy. Yeah, disgusting. no kidding. <laughs> so, did he replace the Butterfinger habit with something else too, or like did was he like I'm I'm not going back to the Quit Center? Uh, he's, I think he I think he actually reinforced his behavior not to go to the Quit not Center. To go I think to the that quit was more, that yeah. was the last I heard of it. That know, that's so. what I would do for sure. Disgusting. That's really interesting. Isn't yeah. that interesting? Yeah. So 
Wow. Anyhow. Okay. All right. Well, the next one I want to talk about is I can versus I can't. And I hear this so many times with my clients, you know, I can't do this. And, sure. uh, and so the, the chapter starts with a quote, whether you think you can, or whether you think you can't, you're right. Mm-hmm. from Henry Ford, which is true, right? I mean, because we're we're telling ourselves what we think we can do. So instead of can't, her suggestion is that you choose not to. Because yeah. choosing implies that you're taking some kind of action. It's a per it's your you have purpose and you have control. So words of power like choose are there to inspire us so that we don't shut down but we actually mm-hmm. look at the possibilities. But can't gives you no other possibilities. Right. And can't is a limiting belief. So it's really important that we connect that too, because limiting beliefs are here to protect us, right? Because we they want us to not be sad. They want us to not be disappointed or frustrated. So they're going to come into your brain and say, you can't do this. What are you thinking about? Like, you, you know, why do you think you can do this now? You've never been able to do it before. So this is the part where I would actually change a little bit of what she has to say, because I understand that you want to choose not to do something, but I would take that even a little bit further and say, okay, how can I do this to work for me? Or how can I do this in a different way that I can do? Or you know what I'm saying? So I do. Yeah. I, and I think I think I have a, a my spin on it comes from and this is, you know, many people have probably heard this. I know we've talked about it on our show. It's yes. And right. Yes. Um, yeah. It, it, so take take something that, you know, there is some sort of you know, like something that you're you're going to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And yes. And it even if it's hard. Yes. And it like I, I, I my kids, their pickup time is at three thirty and somebody's got to get them. And I know my day is, is, you know, is troublesome. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. All of that is true. Foundationally, that is true. And what am I going to change in my day to make it to enable me to pick up my kids? How am I going to change my behavior, my processes, my strategies, my tools to enable me to do the next hard thing, even though it's hard? Mm-hmm. I really like the the pivot you put on. I can't. Um, it It's you know, yes, that is a thing that could be done and I'm not the person to do it. Right. 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 Uh, Like there is at some point, there's a decision that has to be made uh, about moving forward or not. Because again, as, as a corollary to this, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. If you don't make a decision, you're making a decision because eventually time runs out and that decision will be made for you. And so I, I really feel like that is like, if it's something that you want to do, you feel like would improve the way you live your life somehow, or is an obligation to friends or family that are important to you. Yes. And it, and that helps you get over the, I can, I can't hurdle. I can't. That's right. Well, and I just want to add to that, you know, one of the examples that she has here in the book, which I think it, you know, is a good example of what you're saying too, is she says, I can't fix my credit. Okay. What if we change that and say, I can fix my credit what is required what is required yeah. for me to do this is yeah so it's giving yeah. you the opportunity and the solutions and you know maybe maybe you do need to change the goal altogether we don't know yeah. but it is it's giving you um another option what what yeah. can i do you know to to make that happen so yeah there very are good. very there are very few impossible situations 
Mm-hmm. Right. There are very few impossible situations. But the stories we tell ourselves uh, imply that many things are impossible. The difference is something that seems impossible might just be masked by high costs and not just monetary costs. Right. Time costs, emotional costs like the costs may be high, so high that it feels impossible. But in truth, if you're willing to yes and it, it's it, it's not as impossible as you think that that I that's my I, I would love to have that, you know, challenged if it's not a life or death thing, like largely, you can fix your credit, you mm-hmm. might have to do some very hard things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Okay, so the next one I want to talk about is why not versus what if. Okay, so when I read this, I quickly saw the connection between what if and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I always go to the what ifs. And they're negative for the most part. Um, oh, like the deconstruction versus constructionist. What if? Like, yes, what if like, everything falls apart? Not, what if, what if we fail? could build something huge? Yeah. Like, like yeah, what if I? Yeah. What if I fail? What if nobody likes me? What if nobody shows up? What if? What if? What if? And yeah. something that she said that just again, this is powerful language. At least for me, it was. Is she said, "What if?" crushes dreams like no other statement if it's stated in the negative. But what's interesting about that is what if is the language of dreams if it's stated in the positive? Well, this is what she says. If it's, it's used... Like she, it's like I was sitting on her shoulder while I she know. wrote the book. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if it's used in a positive way, what if I fail? And we switch that to what if I succeed? Mm-hmm then we open the conversation to potential. We open the the conversation to dreaming, to opportunity, to brainstorming, creativity. Like, you know, there's a quote somewhere about what if I, and I can't remember who says it, but it's something about like, what if I fall? And then, and then the next sentence is, but what if you fly? You know, and it's the same kind of thing here, right? Like, um, but Let's not look at the what if as a negative, but let's look at all the what ifs I do make my goals. What if I do get that house that I want or, you know, whatever it might be. It really changes the way you think of things. The day my daughter was born, her God, we invited her godfather up to the hospital room and we're in the elevator. And he says, he, I, I say to her, I can't wait to, I want to get a picture of you holding her. And he says, oh, I'm not going to hold her. I said, why, why, why aren't you going to hold your goddaughter? He said, well, I've never hold, held a baby before, a, a newborn, never held a newborn. And I said, okay, what are you afraid of? He says, well, what if I have a seizure? And I said to him, have you ever had a seizure? And his answer was, no, I haven't. <laughs> But, but what like that if? to me demonstrates like it is the case example of a yes. what if that destroys dreams. And I was there to actually say, bite me, you're going to hold your goddaughter yeah, and I'm going to no take kidding. a picture and you're going to we'll put a net underneath if you, <laughs> if you're if you really, really feel like you need to. It. It. Yeah. But, but we're going to yes and this holding because that's important to me. And it turns out to be an important thing for him, too. Um, but that is that goes into this this idea that we that you know, that language can destroy dreams that can destroy opportunity. 
Absolutely. Well, and something that you and I have talked about before in the past too, is like when we have these limiting beliefs, you'll say, well, what is the truth in it? Like what, where is yeah. the actual truth or Fact evidence? And truth. Yes. Right. And so, uh, Karen, Oh, help me, Pete. How would you spell or how would you say right this? Reference? Right Vitch. Right Vitch. Right Vitch. Vitch. Okay. So she, she talks about the why not. And she's an expert in fields of resilience, depression prevention, and positive psychology. And she has three strategies to challenge negative thinking. One is the evidence. Two is reframing. And the third one is the plan. So... Pete. Well, we just did. I can't believe I just I just did it with my with the my uh, godfather and my kids. Right. Yes. He, his uh, he said, what if I have a seizure? Well, the evidence is, have you ever had a seizure? No, I have not. I'm not prone to seizures. OK, two, let's reframe it. Right. Where this is important to everybody that you have this experience. And uh, and three, the plan, what are we going to do to actually make it feel safe for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, that I feel like that's that kind of walks through that model really cleanly. Mm-hmm. I, you, but we we were talking about a different example though, and this is one that that gets to the fact and truth bit that that I um that I I live with mm-hmm. <laughs> too often that I'm constantly challenging, which is um you know let's just say I I have to do a lot of Zoom calls and podcasts and things, and I spend a lot of time showing up for Zoom, and uh you know we have a couple of new clients this year, and we're excited to get started, and so I set up a Zoom. Uh, and I'm in waiting for the meeting to start and minutes go by and the meeting does not start because they don't show up. What are the things that go through my head naturally? And I don't want to generalize for everybody, but my my sense is these won't be foreign feelings to, right. to people who live with anxiety and, and ADHD. The, the first thing that goes into my head is, uh, oh, did I get the wrong time? So is it my fault? Wrong day, mm-hmm. wrong time. Did mm-hmm. I screw up? And the the fireworks start and I can start going down this other road pretty quickly, not about did I screw up, but how do they feel about me? And is this is them not showing up on time a reflection on my place in the world and in their lives? They don't like me. They don't trust what I can do for them. They don't feel like the there's going to be value in the session that we have together. And therefore, I am being ghosted right now. I'm just going to sit here and I could never hang up. I could be paralyzed in anxiety and no one's ever going to talk to me again. Now, I don't voice those those things, but I certainly am mired in those thoughts, mm-hmm. in a cyclone of those thoughts. And it does not take long right. for that to happen. This is what you're thinking, but the evidence that that is true, where is the evidence that you know that all of those things that you said are true? Well, it's only in my head, right? Right. That evidence is only in my head and I'm totally making it up, right? Right. That evidence is only that uh, I feel like surely the only reason they must not be there is because they don't like me. No one has ever ghosted me like that ever before ever. Right. And if you were to reframe it into the why not, why not there was a miscommunication in some way? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they're wrong. Um, maybe they sent you the wrong link. Like there's a lot of things that could yeah. be not maybe they're human anything to do with you. They got yeah. a call from their kid's school and they had to rush to pick them up. Yep. Lord knows that's happening a lot these days. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what is the plan well, the plan is I need to reach out to them authentically and say, I'm, I may have made a mistake. Um, this is the time I had for us in our calendar. I really look forward to 
to making a plan to meet with you. I look forward to this experience that mm-hmm. we're going to have together. And then I've gone through, I, I'm challenging what is fact and truth. I'm challenging my experience and I'm replacing it with what is fact and truth. The only thing I don't know, the only thing I don't know is that they're not here right. when I am here. Right. I know nothing else. Right. Two left. That pause. Oh boy, the power of the pause. And I've talked about this in the show. I talk about it with my clients. Communication isn't just the words we speak. There's the tone that we use and there's body language, right, that we have. So Pete, you could be smiling at me and then telling me how horrible you think I am. And you could be doing it with a big, huge smile with a very, you know, upbeat tone. But you know, but you're hearing the words, right? I mean, right. it it it's weird. It does. It's not. Yeah. It's not matching. So the power of the pause is a great skill to practice when you have ADHD, because so many times, from what I've heard from my clients, is that sometimes you say stuff that you wish you wouldn't have said. There's this like impulsive reaction. Um, there's communication, it can be very difficult when you have so many things that are going on in your mind, right? So the power of the pause gives you that moment, that time to pause before you say anything and have a little bit of processing time. Now, this is a skill. This is something you practice. This is not natural for anyone right? It's really hard to do, especially if you're really emotionally driven. I mean, we want to just spit out what we think. And so um, it is definitely something that we want to practice and we want to practice and probably conversations that we're pretty safe in, you know, with, Mm -hmm. with partners and friends and family. Um, But these are the three benefits to pausing. One is it builds trust because it lets the other person feel heard. So as humans, right, we want to feel like we're heard. We want to feel like, okay, you've acknowledged me, you've heard me, you know, what I have to say matters. And so it builds that trust. It's also um, showing careful consideration that you care. So Mm -hmm. your silence is saying that you're being mindful of what they're saying. And that can, you know, really be, again, that showing that you care. And then understanding creates greater efficiency. So it does give you time to reflect on what you want to say next or to just really process what they're saying. What are they saying here? Um, Again, I can't emphasize enough that this is not easy. (laughs) This is not easy. Well, and it's not just easy. It, It is a practice. It is a practice. And I think that's that's different than practice, right? You practice to achieve excellence in something, right? You practice mm-hmm. the violin if your goal is to become first chair violinist. A practice is something you do every day intentionally to, get to and maintain incremental, like uh, you know, experience in in a certain thing. You practice. You have a meditation practice. Uh, you have a a listening practice, and I think back to something that our our friend of the show, uh, Dr. Dodge, um, advocates for. He's like, it is a practice to think more slowly. Yeah. Right. It's a practice to really slow down and reflect in every conversation every day to make sure that you are tracking 100%. And with ADHD, it is both important and difficult. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, so. and and uh, something that I want to say about that too, with the practicing, if you're listening to this podcast because you want to learn how to be a better communicator or you want to understand how words can can influence, you know, how you communicate to other people, then there's a uh there's a need there, there's a want there for you to become, you want to become a better communicator. So with intention, because this is a skill you want to practice, then you want to be thinking about that pause before you even get into the conversations, right? So it's something like you said, Pete, you want to practice it every day, but you want it, you want to do it on purpose. Like you don't want to just think you're going to do it. Like you really, yeah. like you said, you just really have to practice it in a way that's intentional. Like I want to, I want to listen better. If you want to listen better and you don't want to interrupt people, then practice the power or pause. Yeah. Uh, expertise doesn't come from wanna. Expertise mm -hmm. doesn't come from hope. <laughs> right, expertise right. doesn't come from wish. Expertise comes from practice. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, there's no perfection either. Right. So, no. I mean, I think that w one of the things too, is that you're going to practice it and there's going to be times where, Hey, it didn't work. And that's, you know, that's all right. Give yourself yeah. some grace. I mean, that's part of practice. We're, and, and it's part of being human and you yep. can always go back and apologize if you need to. Yes. <laughs> you know? So, um, okay. So this last one that I want to talk about is being curious. And I love this because it's, uh, it's so much about what I do as a coach. Um, so she says, you know, I'm curious. So be curious about your communication. When you come from a space of curiosity, you create a safe and non-judgmental space for others to share. It can also deepen your learning and we all fall into the trap of assuming too much. And yeah. uh, so I think, you know, a couple of things that I think about this. I've heard the expression, be curious, not judgmental. I think that's really Ted important. Lasso. Yep. Yep. Ted Lasso. Yes, we love Ted. So, you know, that that's an important piece of being curious. And it does give us, you know, well, there's three benefits. One is it does give us that deeper learning because we're not just assuming anything, but it gives us deeper relationships too, because it cre it really creates connection because people want, again, to be heard. They want to be understood. What better way to to make somebody else feel that way when you're really curious about them and ask and you're asking questions you know yeah um it also one of the benefits is is deeper happiness if your focus is on others and not just yourself and this is really nice because this comes from an article by Emily Campbell research has shown curiosity to be associated with higher levels of positive emotions lower levels of anxiety and more satisfaction with life. Let's oh, like be that. curious yeah. <laughs> about everything, right? Yeah. And take the judgment away. And one of the things I want to say is when I uh, am working with clients and we're practicing something new, like the power of pause, we want to go into it with curiosity and start asking your question, you know, asking those questions of why was it so hard? What was it about that conversation that set you off? Was yeah. there anything that you could have done differently? What could you do differently if you're in that position again? There's so much learning that can happen when you're being curious. Yes, and I love it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think it's great. I think this is a great way to start off uh, 2022. Uh, check your language. How are you talking to yourself? How are you talking about yourself? 
And uh, are you talking with yourself? Mm-hmm. All of those things. I do. I talk to myself all the time. In fact, my husband time. caught me. He says, you always talk to yourself when you're working. I'm like, oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> this period oh, no. goes here. This title yeah. goes here. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I'm That's doing right. it all with love and grace and curiosity. Absolutely. And uh, and love and grace and curiosity that with which we give to you, everybody listening to, sh- to the show. Thank you. We appreciate you downloading and listening to the show and joining us over in the community. Thank you for your time and your attention. And special thanks to Text Expander and Smile Software for sponsoring this episode. Don't forget, if you have something to contribute about this conversation, we're headed over to the Show Talk channel in our Discord server, and you can join us right there by becoming a supporting member at the Deluxe level. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you right back here next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. This is the last birthday card Dad sent me. And, um, and it says five rules for men to follow for a happy life. Mm. It is. And it's got a cowboy on it. (laughs) Of course it does. (laughs) With (laughs) lipstick kisses all over it. It is important to have a woman. So I have to do it in a Western accent. It is important to have a woman who helps at home, who cooks from time to time, cleans up and has a job. It is important to have a woman who can make you laugh. It is important to have a woman you can trust and who doesn't lie to you. It is important to have a woman who is good in bed and who likes to be with you. (laughs) Most important of all, it is very important that these four women do not know about each other. Oh, (laughs) jeez. I was not expecting that. Oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Ha <laughs> <laughs>